0: While it may be cold outside, things are getting toasty warm at Global Voice Broadcasting. Heat up your winter nights with the hottest topics, the hottest celebrities, and today's best music. It's why Global Voice Broadcasting is becoming your 24-7 home for the music and talk you want right now. Discover your favorite shows and music anytime at GlobalVoiceBroadcasting.com.
2: Did you know that clitoral orgasms were once considered bad? I know. Bad orgasm seems like the world's biggest oxymoron. That's only one of many myths about the gorgeous and mighty clitoris, which we will be exploring today. Well, not... Exploring, exploring, unless you really want to while we're listening. <clears throat> we're going to cover some really groovy topics involving the quote pleasure button, which is so much more than that. I will get to clitoral orgasm facts in a bit here. But first, I am stoked to welcome artist Orion McNeil to the show of Penelope Jones. Orion is a Brooklyn based artist whose beautiful creation, the clittering, caught my eye when Gloria Steinem was featured wearing one in an online publication, which basically gave my girl boner a girl boner. Thank you so much for joining me, Orion. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
2: The cluttering has uh, such a beautiful look. It's elegant. And I know that you have a beautiful mission also to empower and educate. It has a really unique background story. Tell us how you came up with the idea.
0: Um, well, my girlfriend... Um, first introduced me to the whole internal clitoris. I had no idea. I mean, like most people, I hadn't even thought about it. I mean, I mean, I guess, thinking about it now, of course, there must be something beyond just a little, you know, superficial button, but it didn't really... I didn't really give it any thought, and she showed me that the diagram that the French surgeons developed with the CAT scans, and we, we were looking at these, and And it really got my attention because it it had this sort of interesting antenna shape to it, and we sort of got interested in it as the idea, this idea that the clitoris functions as some sort of interdimensional antenna, (laughs) sort of, you know, sort of a joke entirely, and then um, me and her went to Austria, and we were working on a project there, and the project sort of every day it got sort of smaller and smaller, and then the aspect of the project I was supposed to work on sort of evaporated entirely, and I was... In Vienna for several months with nothing to do, and I, I decided to make sort of a surprise gift of this ring for her. And um, I started working on it there. I designed it there, Such and um, she started wearing it. People liked it, and then ended up, you know, thinking it'd be great to try selling them. See what people wanted.
2: Awesome! I love it, and it is—it's so gorgeous. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's a great conversation piece for sure. If people notice it. Strikes anyone as a very unique piece of jewelry. And I'm very much looking forward to, I'm wearing mine now. I'm looking forward to people asking me what it is or asking, is that a clitoris? It absolutely is. And it's, it's very elegant. And I had to share, I thought this was kind of funny and ironic. When I first put the clitoris, uh, ring on, I, my first impression was, wow, it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. And then I thought that's kind of funny because the clitoris is a lot bigger than most people realize, you know? It's a lot more than that hmm. That button. That wasn't intentional, was it?
0: Nope. I don't think it was me. I was on your
2: end. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I know that your girlfriend has a really unique uh, way that she orgasms. I believe it's called hyperorgasmia, which I read about in some of your press coverage. How did that play a role, and could you just kind of describe what that is?
0: Um, yeah, well, that's sort of why came up um why she showed it to me she had gotten interested in it because of that and she's all her life has had this hyper orgasmia but it, it, it seems it tends to increase with age and it's you know it reached a point where it's very very intense and she's it, it sort of goes beyond just being easy to achieve orgasm or it achieves lots of orgasms but it's sort of about the intensity and what the experience is like and it's what makes it interesting at least to us that uh she would have these sort of divergent experiences. Sometimes she would... It's almost like she would black out. She would sort of regain clarity and consciousness and have no idea what happened. I have to explain what happened. She wouldn't even realize how it was she came to have the orgasm, and she would explain these... describe these kind of scenes that she would visualize during the orgasm, which would, Mm -hmm. of course, like not seem to take place in any particular discernible duration of time is sort of infinite kind of almost hallucinogenic experiences of very visual experiences generally of sort of being in some sort of void and there'd be sort of objects, uh, surfaces, um, sort of like DMT, hallucinogenic kind of imagery. Wow. And different types of imagery based on different types of orgasm. That's why we sort of get into this sort of pseudoscientific pursuit, pseudo-scientific pursuit of trying to sort of assign different orgasmic visual qualities to different types of orgasms or parts of the body and just sort of map it out to see if there's a relationship to chakras or colors or just to sort of produce data to see what can we come up with.
2: Interesting. I love how you two have worked on it together and it's become so much more. I know you write about orgasms on your, your wonderful website. And I think people are learning so much about not only the clitoris, but you know, sexuality as well and how individual and unique it is to to each of us. And there are these universal, you know, components as well. I have to ask you, how did Gloria Steinem end up with one of the rings?
0: I I actually never met Gloria Steinem. I I imagine somehow I probably will at, at some point. Um, but uh, a long-time friend of mine, Callie, who's the artist Swoon, who did a lot of the um, paper cut-out street art um, stuff and the boat projects, uh, art wraps. Uh, I've known her for a long time since the first day of college we met, and I uh, I gave her one of the rings as a present, and she's it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a joke because she would be a terrible person to get gifts. To her. She's not a very she's not a stuffed person. You know, she's a very experiential kind of person. I've always given her presents, and she'll always typically lose them or give them to someone else within 24 hours. <laughs> and I was like, you take, take this thing, I want you to have it, but just do me a favor, like, don't give it away. Like, you know, keep it, it's for you, you know? <laughs> and then within 24 hours, she had given it away, of course, but she had she had happened to meet Gloria Steinem at a conference and just walked on up and said, yeah, you, you you should have this and it's for her. So wow, so it worked out like in your it.
2: favor <laughs> this time. It did this time, yeah. <laughs> Giving away the ring. That is I, amazing. I
0: ended up giving her another one, so she's, she's got, got to replace she got a replacement. She
2: earned it, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I read in an interview you were quoted as saying, even Gloria Steinem uh, said that the clitoris is the only human or animal organ that exists slow, solely for pleasure, which I think is kind of a limiting perspective of it. What did you mean by that?
0: Um, well to say that it only exists for pleasure that's, that's sort of an assumption we don't know that, you know, that, that I mean I, I'm not a scientist you know? <laughs> I'm sort of a, a self-proclaimed pseudo-scientist and mostly just for the sake of fun and narratives in a way but I do think that you know my girlfriend's experiences those visual experiences it's something more than pleasure you know and it, it could possibly reveal something about the nature and structure of the universe but I don't think it's It's not just a good time. It's not just, uh, you know, know, there could be more to it. I hope, I certainly hope there is. It seems like it. You know, hearing her describe these things, they they don't seem, you know, as trivial as as pleasure alone.
2: Sure. Yeah, the pleasure capacity is super incredible and wonderful, but I love that you point out that there's so much more to it. I bet you've learned a whole lot through the process of, creating the rings, what are some of the, the biggest uh, lessons you've taken away or what you didn't know before creating these rings?
0: Do you mean about about the clitoris or about about the ring making itself?
2: Uh, let's go with the clitoris.
0: Um, oh, God. I mean, it seems like <laughs> I've, I've learned more about that than I seem to be. I'm something of an authority on it. Which um, just funny. and something, I, again, that I never really knew a lot about and then Suddenly, because of these rings, I and mean, it was again yeah, I made it as a gift for her. It was never intended to be a symbol of anything particularly it was just that I made it for for her and for for the clitoris as an idea as a it's a very important you know organ or antenna, whatever it is yeah um, but now yeah, because of the popularity of this. Product. I mean, in a way, I've become sort of a, yeah,
2: a, a clitoral ambassador <laughs> of
0: sorts. Yeah, <laughs> which is something I never was not part of, you know, becoming. Um, but uh, there you
2: go. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I know that beautiful. the yeah. name of your company, Penelope Jones, has special meaning as well. Would you share uh, the the meaning behind it?
0: <laughs> well, because it was a gift for my girlfriend. That um, sort of—I mean, I wanted it to be sort of for her, but I didn't. Reason why use her name, and um, she, when she was a kid, she was kind of a, she was kind of a, you know, local terror. Her and her brother would go around the neighborhood, throw eggs at people, and you know, trash people's yards and tear assing around and being being hooligans. And and they had their like their code names, so if they ever got caught or stopped by anyone, they wouldn't hesitate to produce them fake name you know? uh-huh. so that was her that was her uh, hooligan alter ego Penelope <laughs> jones
2: i love it she's so like, like
0: it. who are you little girl and she'd drop nellope jones and that's yeah, that's how she'd get away with it
2: <laughs> that's really funny i love it very fierce superhero in the making for sure um, what impact do you hope that these rings and your work with this company will have sorry what's that what impact do you hope the rings will have
0: and it seems that they had a lot of impact already, it seems. I mean, I've noticed so much more attention to the, to the clitoris yeah. since starting it, you know, since this company started. It's amazing. I mean, it's an important thing. I mean, I, I, it, that realization and how that affected my relationship with my girlfriend was really very, very powerful. It wasn't like a, a little thing, you know, like mm-hmm. it really is a big part of our relationship and I think that's that potential exists for a lot of people, and but that, that sort of pleasure and to, to have re- reciprocation in the bedroom and to have, you know, attention given to female orgasm is very important, and it's certainly a big part of it. Amen. And it, it seems as well though a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about it now. You know?
2: It's very true, and I love the fact that whenever. The rings are discussed in an article. If you go to Penelope Jones, everybody out there, and click on uh, the Press Media link, you will find some articles. And I love that each one, they'll talk about the ring, but then they talk about the clitoris and they debunk some common myths. They share some facts that a lot of people aren't familiar with. And I think that's fantastic. You're definitely having a an empowering impact. And these conversations, I think, are, are so, so important. We're grateful for your work. And I'm also really stoked and grateful that we are able to give away a clitoring, thanks to you, at my virtual oh, release totally. party for Embraceable. Yeah, I th- I'm so grateful. And I think whoever wins it, I've already had uh, a few people Tell me that they are—they have their eye on it. I've posted a picture or two of me with this beautiful ring, and they're just so unique. And I know you have other designs as well. Tell us about the different options.
0: Uh, well, that ring comes in silver, of course, and gold, and in—we've just introduced a, a line in brass, which is a little more affordable, so that you know, it's a little lower price point, so that everyone can have one. And there's a small, medium, and large. They're all adjustable within a pretty fair range. So they'll, you know, they'll fit everybody. And there's a pendant version as well. And soon enough, hopefully, we'll be having, uh, stone set versions available as well.
2: Fantastic. And what's the best place to learn about your work? Is that your website, penelopejones.com? PenelopeJones.com. Awesome. And we can find you on social media. So Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, correct? Uh, Yes. Great. Well, I will share those links. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we are going to be sharing more clitoral facts throughout the month in honor of these gorgeous rings. And we wish you the best with your work.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was good talking to you.
2: How much fun was that? You guys have to stay tuned for more on my Embraceable online release party where you can win a clittering and other awesome prizes, some other sexy jewelry, some gift cards. That's all coming up later this month. You can learn more by following my blog. Just go to augustmclaughlin.com backslash blog. And the details will be revealed shortly. Let's get back to those supposedly bad clitoral orgasms. Every time I say that phrase, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know, going to be a little ill because it's hard. to It's difficult to say that. Um, it seems crazy. But at one point, they really were considered, quote, bad. They were considered inferior to vaginal orgasms. Virginia Johnson of the famed Masters and Johnson, the sexual scientist featured in Showtime's Masters of Sex, helped debunk that myth, which is reason like 10,870 I adore her. Uh, today, I thought we'd set aside, um, set a few things straight about clitoral orgasms, starting with this question I hear a lot. Number one, what are clitoral orgasms? In short, a clitoral orgasm is a scrumptious pleasure explosion that happens when the clit is sexually stimulated to the point of climax. It can happen with or without a penis, finger, sex toy, other object, (laughs) whatever you put in the vagina. Choose something that, you know, is safe. Uh, number two, I hear this question also. Are they less awesome than vaginal orgasms? Or some people just assume that they, that they are. And I have a little confession. I actually did think that they were inferior to me. Actually, I kind of didn't even really know I was having them, if you recall my orgasm MRI episode. But essentially, I didn't realize that these pleasurable whispers, these lovely, you know, Releases that I would have because they weren't the internal big explosion that I was accustomed to or or preferred so much. I didn't really give them any credit. I sort of just was like, this isn't the real thing. Come on. I gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta get the good stuff. And now that I've embraced them, I enjoy them so much more. So it's really important that we respect them. In fact, most orgasms involve the clitoris, making most big O's some sort of clickgasm. Back in 1905, Sigmund Freud told the world that a woman only fully orgasms when her vaginal insides are stimulated by a penis. I know, I'd really like to go back in time and like chat with this dude. He didn't base this theory on science, by the way, but on his belief that women are inferior to men. So there you go. We've since learned differently. Thank goodness. Thanks to Masters and Johnson. Their research back in the 1960s showed that all orgasms are created equal as far as uh, physiology goes and it also showed that most women orgasm through clitoral stimulation whether they feel something in their deeper in their vaginal universe or not so even though we've known that from a science standpoint for decades a lot of people still don't don't know that you know it's really why these rings and these conversations and all this is so important there's just so much that we don't know number 3 what about G-spot orgasms? Aren't they way better? I hear this a lot. And like I said, people kind of presume. And these bad, as awesome girls, take place inside the vagina, the, the mixed G-spot ones. You can find your G-spot by inserting your fingers or having your partner insert their fingers and make that like come here motion with your um, index finger. Usually it's right there. Everybody's a little bit different. You'll know when you get there. Um, but just because they are considered the most powerful sensation-wise when we climax there, they aren't superior by any stretch. We get euphoria, release, and intimacy benefits from all orgasms. And all types vary in intensity. And I think the media, because we always see when a woman does orgasm in a film or a TV show or porn or whatever, it's like... This world-altering experience, she's out of her body, out of her mind, she's screaming, it's its her whole body feels it. It doesn't always need to be that way. And for most of us, I don't think it does. So we need to have a more realistic acceptance, you know, embracing all orgasms. Many women who have G-spot orgasms find that they are ultra strong when the clit is also stimulated. Some people call this the blended orgasm. I just call them Delicious the tip of the orgasm looks like a small button, right? So that is where they get this nickname, the pleasure button. But it's funny how many people, I used to for years, once I even knew where the clitoris was, I thought just the little tip of it, that little button was the clit. And a lot of people still think that. Uh, but the clitoris is actually an organ system It surrounds the vagina, the urethra, and the anus. So imagine, that's a whole lot more than this little button. Rather than thinking of orgasms as vaginal or clitoral, Columbia University Health Center recommends considering the feelings that come along with them. Orgasms are orgasms, right? Just say yes. Number four, how can I experience clitoral orgasms? I've heard this from a couple of people since I've posted on my blog about these kinds of orgasms or clitorises in general. There are just so many ways to have one of these lovely, lovely things. You or a partner can stimulate your clit by rubbing, applying pressure, sucking, using a toy like a vibrator or a dildo. If your clit is highly, highly sensitive, as we have discussed here and on my blog, rubbing might be too intense. It can even hurt. If that's the case for you, first of all, totally normal, totally okay, no reason to have any shame about it. Aim instead of rubbing for light pressure, working up the intensity, you know, gradually until it feels just right. You don't need to rush it. Just just let yourself feel, you know, breathe, go slowly. And if it starts to feel uncomfortable, you know, explore somewhere else, just slow it down a little bit. One way to Slowly stimulate with pressure without rubbing is to lay down belly down on your bed or straddling something like a pillow or a wide sofa armrest. Please be careful so you don't like fall down and break your wrist and then call me and be like, hey, I tried it. And I hurt myself. Just be careful. Uh, but this is way fun. I think it's a great way, especially if you haven't experienced one or known if you've experienced one with a partner. Work on it with yourself first. You know, make it a private little party. Sip some wine if you want. Play some nice tunes. Light a candle. It can be a really fun adventure. And then you can take that experience with a partner if you wish. Your clit can also be stimulated by your partner's pelvic bone during intercourse, which is so awesome, while all kinds of other juicy things are happening. It's easiest for most of us women to reach clitoral orgasm if we're on top. But other positions can work really well if you just, you know, have the right moves, Uh, work work with it. And again, it doesn't need to be all focused on if all you're thinking is, I need to orgasm, I need to orgasm, I need to orgasm. That can be a lot of pressure and you might miss out on all the fun arousal. This is something I've had to work on with myself over the years because it's just my life, my style, the way I am. I like to move quickly. I like to get things done. I like to go, go, go. And mindfulness. Breathe. Meditate. Take your time. Quickies are awesome, but you don't need to rush your way to orgasm, whether you are spending 10, 20 minutes in the bedroom or if you're planning to take an hour or more. You know, just have fun, have pleasure with your clit. And if we do experience orgasm, awesome. We don't need to every time. Remember, orgasms are like many areas of our sexuality. They are highly individual. Experiment, communicate with your partner, Do what helps you both feel most connected and alive. That can change throughout your relationship. It'll change throughout your own life. That's why it's important, I think, again, to experiment on your on your own and experiment together, too. That's super fun, you know, learning and growing and communicating. All of that is great, great stuff for the relationship for our whole darn lives. Did you know that your clit and other gorgeous sexual parts can be turned on and stimulated in your sleep as well? If you caught our episode on sleepgasms or have had them yourself, you definitely do. I hear about these all the time. its I swear, half the questions I get some weeks are about sleepgasms ever since I've talked about them because I think... It's because there's not a lot of information out there. There is some, but not a whole lot of people are talking about them. So I'm super grateful for anybody who does reach out. And I'm glad that that episode and that blog post are are reaching people. And we received this wonderful question from a woman named Catherine. And I thought we'd have a little Ask Dr. Megan fun with it. Catherine wrote this. Hello. I loved your episode on sleepgasms. I think I've been having them and was totally confused. A couple questions. Can I make them stop? I've had a few recently. I wake up wet and it's sort of embarrassing. Also, are they happening because I haven't had sex yet? I'm 19 and still a virgin. Such good questions, Catherine. I'm so glad you enjoyed that episode and learned a bit about yourself through it. And trust me, you are not alone. Like I said, lots of women reach out about this. Lots of women are embarrassed about them. And I was really struck by the fact that you said you want to stop having these nighttime orgasms. I'm really excited to hear what Dr. Megan had to say in response.
1: Catherine, um, love your question. And uh, it's such an opportunity, as sort of August would say, that quality of embraceable um, in terms of experiencing our body's pleasure. Um, and so we know a lot about sort of sleep orgasms um, that... It's sort of a natural occurrence that as we're sleeping, in particular in the REM stage, which is sort of our deepest stage of sleep, that blood flow increases to the genitals. And so you know men often may get uh, many partial or erections uh, during the night, sort of that tumescence, um, which may or may not culminate in uh, sort of uh, ejaculation or a wet orgasm. And it sounds like for you, sometimes you wake up feeling really wet. So it's totally possible that uh, it's just your body... Enjoying uh, the blood flow and the experience of lubrication arousal, or you may absolutely have had an orgasm. In fact, um, it's most common that the onset of orgasms during sleep is in puberty and adolescence because that's often before there's regularity either to masturbation or uh, having sex with a partner. And so you're being 19 and still a virgin, it makes perfect sense. You're more likely to um, have these experiences. In fact, Uh, research studies going all the way back to Kinsey, but even more recently, um, have demonstrated it's usually between 30 to seven, 37 to 40% of women who have had at least one sort of nocturnal orgasm. Um, and of those about 85% have more than one in a year. Um, so the important thing to recognize here is that it's absolutely our body's natural response. Um, it's an indication that, uh, everything, you know, it's it's nature's gift, if you want to think of it that way, that everything is in uh, perfect working order in terms of your mind-body connection, feeling pleasure in your body. And so the quality here I really want to highlight is it feels sort of embarrassing, you say, and it's like, how do I help you just know, embrace, and be like, oh my God, not only is this completely normal, but it's awesome. Everything's in working order. My, And again, it, it may be an orgasm, it just may be lubrication, but it's an indication that your body really knows how to respond, is feeling pleasure. And, you know, interesting enough, this physical response, it, it can happen whether or not there's actually a sexy dream associated with it. So, you know, this isn't something we control. It's completely reflexive. It's just meaning everything is working absolutely as it's meant to be. And so, Ideally, instead of being embarrassed, I hope you can just embrace, um, your body, just taking care of you, um, without having to consciously think about it and really hopefully feel the pleasure and just the opportunity of what's to come when you're ready, uh, exploring your own sexuality, um, in your lifetime. So here's to many more happy, uh, nocturnal orgasms.
2: I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. Catherine, she's so right. Your sleepgasms are a thousand percent embraceable. I hope that that was helpful to you. And I hope that uh, you continually see more respect and worthiness in your beautiful sexuality and how it expresses itself, whether you're awake or not. I happen to love sleepgasms. I think they're really fun and exciting. And that's not to say that you need to feel that way. But I do think that knowing that they're normal, and like Dr. Megan said, it's part of normal body function. It means that you're healthy, all of that. And you may want to try, if you haven't, um, self-stimulating and masturbating and seeing I'm not a clinician, but I do know that for me, if I have not had sex in a while or have not been reaching orgasm on my own in a while, it really tends to come out somewhere. (laughs) No pun intended. I will wake up from, I've had him with and without sexy dreams and I think if if you did want to just experiment with that, I think it's great anyway to explore your body, you know. Either way, I just wish you all the best. Thank you so, so much for your question. Remember, everyone, Dr. Megan is offering her Rekindle Desire Get Your Sexy Back program, which includes an audio segment and a workbook. It's fabulous. 30% For 30% off to Girl Boner listeners for a limited time. To make sure you get that deal, head to her website at this link, greatlifegreatsex.com backslash girl boner, greatlifegreatsex.com backslash girl boner. She's also going to be offering a special bonus, uh, including live teleseminars in March, which is very exciting. So if you have questions that you want to ask her more privately, you'll have that opportunity it's going to be a, basically a live Q&A and you'll get some more direct um, contact with her and okay. some more if you have questions from the seminar or just questions in general that you want to share with her feel free to send me your questions as well through my website com for true stories about women's sexuality including my own and to learn all sorts of wonderfulness about women's sexual empowerment again remember to check out my new book Embraceable Empowering Facts and True Stories About Women's Sexuality it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble Google.com. you can also see my new book trailer which is pretty fun visit august slash books or find it on youtube if you're digging girl boner i hope you'll subscribe on itunes so you will never miss a beat and let us know what you think by leaving us a rating and simple review thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful girl boner embracing week